Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Tell Me About Your Mother. I'm Amy Westervelt, and this is season two. So I realized after it wrapped that season one had a lot of mom strife in it. It might be telling that I'm drawn to mom drama. <laughs> my own relationship with my mother has been pretty tumultuous, let's say. She had a terrible relationship with her own mother and I think wanted our relationship to be really different, like a, a best friend style of mom-daughter relationship. But, you know, I'm a different human than she is, and that makes things difficult sometimes. Anyway, I've got a little bit more of a mix this season and definitely a few more My Mom is Great stories. I'm splitting the season opener across two episodes because it's a long interview, and I wanted you to hear more of it. I went to Salt Lake City, Utah to meet Heather B. Armstrong, who might be better known to some of you as Deuce. I wanted to talk to her for my book, which is coming out in November. It's called Forget Having It All which was not my first choice in title. I wanted to call it Rise of the Matriarchy. We can talk another time about publishers and editors and agents. <laughs> but anyway, it's coming out in November. I'm excited about it. It's an exploration of American ideas about motherhood and what they've done to women, whether they have kids or not. I wanted to talk to Heather about a more modern period in American ideas about motherhood, the reign of the mom blogger. I thought she'd have an interesting take on all of it as one of the most popular mommy bloggers of all time. And she did. She has a fascinating story about her relationship with her own mother, too, what she saw growing up, and how things went when Heather decided to leave the Mormon church and then write about it. Here's part one. So my mother stayed at home with the kids, and um, we had a very, very special bond, my mother and, and me. Um, I was, she had never breastfed a kid before and I was the breastfed child and I breastfed until I was almost three. Um, and so I was very, very, very connected to my mother who, you know, she made all the lunches, she made all the meals, um, she did all the laundry, she did all the cleaning. And my father was the one who came home at night. That was sort of modeled to me very early on. Um, but then my mother went to work when I was about eight or nine years old. And I remember noticing a difference in my mother and noticing like the excitement that she felt about being a part of this sort of thing. And I, and I, and when she went to work, I noticed this difference in my mother, this happiness. It broke the, it broke the marriage because my dad did not want her to work. Um, my dad noticed that she was getting attention from other people and she was enjoying my mother is the smartest woman alive she had a, actually a, a scholarship to Vanderbilt that she gave up to marry my father and uh, I'm not ever going to forgive him for that <laughs> but she is she's a professional she is a consummate professional she wanted to work and um, so I watched my mother she started out as a basic manager in Avon just to the, like the lowest level of manager in Avon, 
And she started that when I was about 12 or 13. And I watched her rise to become the regional director of the entire Western United States. And I was exposed to a lot of working moms uh, during sort of between like 10 and, and, you know, from the time I left home. And so for me, motherhood, while I had that really, really strong connection and I saw sort of the dynamic of the man goes and he, he earns the money, my mother showed me in such a very vibrant and expressive way that she loved the the idea of working and um it, it said so, so that's sort of the history of what, what I was exposed to I feel like there's there's a tendency now um at least in people I talk to and I still feel like it's really prevalent in the media to to like sort of excuse women for working if they need to financially <laughs> but but like um there's a lot of, of sort of like rationalization that needs to happen if if women actually just want to work to fulfill some kind of, you know, identity need or just like the desire to keep their brains active or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's cool that like you kind of saw that early on. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like she also modeled because she was doing the Avon thing? The, did she also model a, a work structure of like? more flexibility, like working for yourself. Um, I don't know. Do you feel like you picked up any of that from, from your mom? She was busy. My mother traveled a lot when she started, when she started moving up the ladder. Um, and she was in charge of a lot of people and a lot of moving parts. And I, I remember it got really, really busy as I left for college and, um, watching her just even at home when on the weekends and watching her manage her email and watching her manage her phone calls, um, I studied her. I will never forget that the biggest thing that she taught me about working and about managing people. Um, I went to a Christmas party that she hosted for all of her managers, and um, it was an end-of-the-year celebration of everything that they had done. And she had a personal story to tell about every single person in that room, and every single person in that room thought, oh, my gosh, this party's for me. And she made every single person feel really, really, really valued. Mm-hmm. And I studied her and like, that's, I've always approached my work with, um, you know, I take it very seriously. Like, it's not just about earning the money. It's about doing a really good job, mm-hmm. doing a good job at what I'm doing and loving. And she loved what she did. And that's what I always wanted to emulate was loving what I did. So one of the things that I've found in my um, book research is that, well, one of the things that I was I was sort of like, oh, yeah, duh, was that, you know, in the second wave feminism time period, all these white middle class women were starting to deal with this challenge of like work life balance for the first time. Right. And it was like, oh, my God, what do we do? Like, no one knows what to do. And there's no infrastructure and there's no support. And I feel like that conversation has kind of continued to today. And meanwhile, like uh, black women in the U.S. had always balanced children and work and, you know, no one really looked to see like, oh, well, how have all these other women who have been working all along managed it? It was like, oh, you know, exactly. <laughs> this is totally new. Exactly. That's the best point. Yes. Um, exactly. Like, is that, it's not even a question. Like, you, there's no answer to that question. Like, it doesn't, you work, you work and you take care of your kids and you do the best, the best that you can. Yeah. One of the things, too, that I found was like, okay, like a key component to how it's worked for most women of color is that there are, you know, extended networks. So it's like a lot of uh, family help, 
you know, close friends that like trade off with childcare and stuff like that. And, um, and I feel like that actually like in the Mormon community happens a lot too. So I'm curious, just like your thoughts on that. I mean, I know you're not Mormon anymore, but I know you you live near your mom. I mean, I'm I'm surrounded by Mormons. I'm all of my family is still Mormon. The reason I stay in Utah is because of my mom. Yeah. Like if I didn't have my mom, because so my ex-husband moved to New York Mm -hmm. three and a half years ago. So do you, do the kids go back and forth? They go... No, they go for the six weeks in summer, and that's it. And then they go for one of the holidays. Okay. So I have them full time. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really oh, rough. Oh, man, it's a lot of work. It's yeah. a lot of work. And I will readily admit that I have so much flexibility in the sense that I work for myself. I have my mom here. Um, and I don't know how full-time single parents who work full-time do it. Yeah, and I remember. I remember. I used to ask my, myself, um, "Oh my gosh, I could never be a single parent." That's just like I would take care of my kids by myself for a weekend because my ex would be like away on a vacation. I was like, I don't know how these single parents do it. Yeah. And now that I'm a full time, full time working, full time single parent, I sit on the weekends and I go, I don't know how anybody who is working a full time job like at a at a yes. for another person, yes, is taking care of their kids yeah. because I am. Constantly picking my kid up from school mm-hmm. because she's sick, and there's always a dentist appointment, and there's and always so many school events too. So oh my god, events. and so many half days yes. that pop up. Oh yeah, I have a friend who lives in Utah and is a working mom, and she calls Fridays Utah hates working parents day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna steal that. God, it's so random. I was like, what are you? T- ah, God, when I was in kindergarten, I went full day. Kindergarten is your go half day, and um, yeah, I. Yeah. For, for sure, like the villages that existed as we evolved have disappeared. Yeah. And I feel like in the early days of blogging, we we, we rebuilt that village yeah. with other women online yeah. where we could talk and, and do things. But like the physical village, it's the like I could do my job from anywhere in the world. And Salt Lake City is not my favorite place in the world by far. Mm-hmm. But I choose to live here because of the support that I get. Yeah. It's the village that enables me to live my life. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, like Mormon families are super close knit. Um, Mormon blogging, Mormon, Mormon female married bloggers are a big the um instagram mormon mom yes. thing yes someone yes. like pointed me down this rabbit hole recently and i was like whoa this is a whole world the whole world yeah. I, w- I would love to see a study on the concentration of the number of female married bloggers how many are in utah i would bet that there's probably 80 percent of them are here yeah and it is i mean they part of it is that i'm sure the husband the, the husband is also bringing in an income and here a woman can, you know, she can use her skills. Mormons were taught to journal from a very young age. So we're naturally good at this. Yeah. Mormons are taught to sew. Mormons are taught to do DIY. So we're naturally equipped to do these amazing blogs. And we have our entire extended family within a mile of our house. Right. Like blogging is the perfect medium to like express ourselves. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's that's for sure. The village is... The, the, the mom, my mom that will come over and take my kid to therapy. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Are there ways that you have set about kind of specifically wanting to do things differently than your mom did? No. Well, again, I give her all of the credit for teaching me, you know, what it means to, to work hard. I yeah. watched her work hard. Um, uh, and I, 
I only wish that she had had longer. That's the only thing that I wish for her. Yeah. Um, and she she did it right. I mean, she waited until we were out of the house and um, right for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she retired, actually. She didn't have to retire when she did, and she did so so that she could spend time with her grandkids. Um, I'm hope. I mean, I think I am. I needed to do a better job about not being so stressed out in front of my kids. Although I, I've said this to my mom and I've said this to the rest of my family, I'm the only person in my family who's done this as a single person. Yeah, and it's different. Yeah. and I get stressed out and I lose my shit sometimes, mm-hmm. and I I try not to. Um, but uh, I think I'm trying to show my kids my work ethic. I'm trying to show kids the importance of budgeting and yeah. keeping a clean house. Uh, I, I, sh- I need to hold my shit together better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's just keeping track of all those appointments yeah. <laughs> while meeting deadlines. Yeah, while you only have two hands. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I, my mother did it. She was the perfect example for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so grateful. Um. The other thing I wanted to ask you is about just um, so for all of our talk about family values in this country, we don't really encourage or even talk to kids about like making the the decision to have kids or not have kids and what that means for your life and how it might impact various other things and like budgeting for a household if you have kids and like any of that stuff. You know, it's like it's weird that like. For a country that's so, like, you know, family, um, you know, we do, like, the bare minimum of sex ed. And we don't talk about, like, you know, it's like, it's like we don't. I didn't get sex ed. Yeah. I didn't get sex ed. I didn't get, my my parents never talked to me about sex. Never. I'm so glad that I didn't end up pregnant when I got, had sex for the first time. Because we didn't use a condom. Yeah. And I was 23 years old. And I should have known better. Yeah. Um, But, so, my mother and I had an extraordinarily close relationship growing mm-hmm. up, which I destroyed when I left the church. <laughs> but oh, we, we rebuilt it. Yeah. We rebuilt it. So that is the one thing that I have really, really striven. Striven? Is that a, a word? So I'm a writer. I, I should know this. Is the, yeah. I, it wouldn't be strove. Striven. Yeah. I yeah. strive to develop my, a relationship with my children that my mom developed with me which yeah. is you can come and talk to me about everything so yeah. my thir- my 13 year old is thoroughly versed on sex yeah thoroughly versed on sex <laughs> we have discussions about having children all the time and what it means and how much it costs and like here's what healthcare is costing me and yeah, this, the reason great. that we can't go do this thing is because i have to budget for your braces that we just got right um i think our culture is a lot more open about i mean we have what are called home words mm-hmm. my children hear the word fuck all the time i can't stop yeah. myself i'm the um, same i i didn't I, that's a good word for it but i've basically just said like you know you can say these words at home but outside in the world like some people have problems with these words because yeah. i just I, I just can't get behind the idea of any words being like bad <laughs> you know what i mean it's like that's just dumb <laughs> dumb it is i think our generation is just so much more open to um, relaxing a little bit about certain things that we don't need to be so uptight about. Yeah. And understanding the close calls that we had. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, how did I not get a disease? Mom, why didn't you teach me these things? Yeah. Or, so, like, yeah. my mom never sat me down and said, you need to go pee after you have sex or you're going to get a bladder infection. Yes. So I many know, bladder infections could have been avoided with that combo. Uh, this is just being extremely open. <laughs> 
first time I had sex, I got a bladder infection. And I was like, what is going on? What yeah. is this? Yeah. And it was like. Do I have a disease yeah, now? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like having those conversations, I think we're, we're, we are, we were like, oh my God, what a close call that was. That we're like, oh, I'm not going to let my kid even possibly get near that edge. Yeah. 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 I know. And and there, too, I feel like we need to do a better job of talking to boys about it. Because, like, even I've interviewed a couple of men for the book that have said um, that they wish someone had talked to them when they were teenagers about, like, what sorts of careers would be a good balance for parenthood. And, like, one guy was, uh, had like, ended up going into investment banking, which is, like, crazy hours. And Whoa. he's like, you know, like, I actually wanted to have kids – and I wish someone had talked to me about the fact that, like, this career that I was going into was not compatible with that. Because he's like, you know, I basically had to make this choice really, like, late down the path of, like, either changing my career or giving up on the idea of having kids. Yeah. You know? And I was like, oh, man, you're right. Like, we don't talk to dudes about that at all. No. It's like 100% don't get someone pregnant. And then, like, <laughs> when you're 30, get married. Yeah. That's it. Also, okay, so – some might, might accuse me of being sexist by saying this, but we do need to raise men to understand that house duties are just as much their responsibility. Oh, yeah. Because I've been in many relationships where it was just assumed that I'm going to be the one that does the laundry yes. and I'm still going to be the one that unloads the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. This is why I started in on this topic because I was like, you know, actually like the whole, like all of our ideas about parenting just infiltrate everything. You know, it's mm-hmm. like politics, the economy, health, religion. religion. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. A funny story that I want to write about at some point and I think that she would be okay with me doing it, but um, my daughter and I, again, we are very, very close. I told from very early on, I told her to come to me. I would never get mad at her. For, yeah. Like, and I and I've had to like really calm myself down. Some of the things she's told me, like <laughs> yeah. she's allowed to come to me with anything, and I don't get mad at her. Yeah. And we used to read with each other at night, um, but now she reads herself to sleep. But mm-hmm. we were. She's like, can we skip reading tonight because I need to talk to you about something? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, she goes, you're going to be so mad at me. You're going to be so mad at me. You're going to be so mad. And I was like, oh, God, what did she Google? Oh, God, what did she Google? Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And I'm like bracing for it. I'm bracing for it. And she goes, promise me you won't be mad. I'm like, I said, Lita, I'm not going to be mad at you. And she's like, I believe in God. (laughs) And I, I like blinked really loudly. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, please, are you mad? And I said, absolutely not. She goes, well, I know that you and dad don't. And I just... Sometimes I pray too. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big confession. It was, was a huge so confession, and she was so relieved. And I said, "I will actually drive you to church if you want me to." She's like, "Oh no, 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 no! I don't want to go to church. Yeah, but I just want to believe in God." And I was like, Abs- I-, "I totally support you, a hundred percent, in wanting to do that. Yeah. That's your choice, yeah. for sure." Yeah. She was. <laughs> I just That's laughed so myself funny. to sleep that night. I was like, "Oh my God, that was her <laughs> confession." <laughs> Oh, man. I recently horrified my own mother with a religion conversation. She was visiting, and my five-year-old asked, Hey, Mom, what's church? Ah! We're still having conversations about that months later. It made me realize that religious discussions can really impact a mother-daughter relationship, and vice versa. How you grew up religion-wise can really impact your decisions later on in life. So I want to hear from you guys. Have religious differences impacted you and your mom's relationship or the other way around? 
Have you ever written about your mom and had it come back to haunt you? Shoot me a note. I'm at amy at criticalfrequency.org. And yes, that's a new email address. Tell Me About Your Mother is now part of the Critical Frequency Podcast Network, one of the few networks that's woman-owned. It's owned by myself and Maya Francis, a woman of color and a journalist who I've been working with for the past year or so. The network is running a Patreon that will benefit pods across the network, so if you've been enjoying Tell Me About Your Mother, please check out Critical Frequency on Patreon and donate if you can. We are independently funded and ad-free, at least for now, so it really helps. Another thing that would really help us out is a rating or review in the Apple Podcast Store or wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us reach new listeners. Okay, that's it for this time. Tune in next time to catch part two of my interview with Heather, where we'll dig into her life, as she puts it, as a mommy blogger who exploits her children for millions. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.